Welcome to Game Woven, a collaborative storytelling collective building a world one game at a time. This week, we'll be playing A Green Hour, The Dying Land by Jian Shim. If you like what we're doing here, you can follow us on Twitter at Game Woven, where you can join our Discord. And check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash gamewoven. Content note before we begin. After the recap and theme tune, I dredge up some feelings. They're feelings about religion and spirituality and the coercive exercise of power, and especially about parenting. It's a bit more raw than I usually have the courage to be, and it might not be for everyone at whichever time they come to it. If this isn't the time for you, or if you start listening and you feel that knot forming in your chest while you aren't in a particularly good place to soothe it, Brianna's put the timestamp in the description, and it should be around minute 12 or 13, if that's correct. It'll be here when you're ready to come back to it, if you're ready to come back to it. So, with that said, previously on the Game Woven podcast. Now, let's see where was I. Oh yes, your mother and I. Now, as you know, we were given to our temples when we were very young. Your mother showed a natural talent for containing fires. I got very good with the broom. When the time came for us to be joined, we were built a home. A geese woodman procured the logs and stone for the walls. The farmers thatched the roof, various craft folks made the furnishings and the wall hangings. Everyone gave us the food they could spare. The chairs they gave us were the wrong size for both of us. Of course, they fit you perfectly, or they will in a few years' time. We had these ones, the ones we sit on now. Those we had made special. And that's not a bad way to think about our first meeting, really. We knew what we were meant to do. The steps we were meant to take. But we were so very young. I'd never had cider before, if you can believe that. Your mother was awkward and beautiful and worked so hard to make me feel at ease. And it might not have worked if she hadn't been so bad at it. It was easy to fall in love quickly with our little meal and ill-fitting chairs. And then the rain came, unseasonably warm, and it made the wildflowers grow. This old rug, the first of them grew right here the water fell off my face like tears. I'd forgotten how to cry when she held me for the first time. Then came the fruit trees, and we ran and laughed and ate and kissed. And then the rain stopped. And then the time came. When we finally pull apart, I look into your eyes and say, This is what life feels like. Yeah. It's unfortunate that you didn't have a lot of it until just now. 
Yeah. And I suppose we get up and we go back. Reality hits and we're here for a purpose and we must fulfill that purpose. No matter how hard it is. Mechanically, neither of us can betray Mm -hmm. our purpose. Yeah. I'm going to step out of character for a moment and I actually I want to talk about why I, I wanted to play this game in particular okay and in no small part why I, I wanted to play it with you and also honestly what it means to me when I, I say that one of the principles that I have for the show and I've got a list of them that I'll eventually uh, share somewhere. But one of the principles that I have for the show is that the author of the game that we're playing has a voice at the table. Their work is additive. It, it is something that gives life to the work that we do. They have an authorial hand in creating the stories that they tell or that we tell when we sit down to play the games that we play. And the reason that we like playing so many different games from so many different people, while also bringing in guests like yourself, and like so many people who have guested on this arc alone, is because having those distinct voices, having a lot of people in the conversation many authors contributing to a collective project is making something that is 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 bigger is more interesting this is not at all the way i pictured this game going i never would have imagined that like stuffy carlack was the one that i was gonna be romancing at the end of this it's a joke but Ernest still stinks yeah because Dylan said so months ago. And that's one of the really great things about this process that we're engaged in. And we wanted so many different hands in creating so many different gods because divinity is so much bigger than any nation, any person, any group of people. Yeah. And we wanted more of that. We wanted people a lot of different opinions and I guess I should say but something we've said before is no gods no masters all cops are bastards thank you Lex that is what I would have titled the cross stitch if, if that's <laughs> if I was in charge of that part of the process I'm not and in thinking about divinity the divine indicates what is important to us our relationship with the supernatural with things that we can't fully understand and what we can't really grok and that's why any good fantasy setting needs to have a set of gods it's why your cyberpunk settings your, your sci-fi settings end up with these machine gods because even as we try and distance ourselves from divinity as we try to create a secular, secular world we end up finding that it is unsatisfying. And 
as faith in the institutions of religion rightly crumbles. They have lost our faith through bad action and abuse and just just being shitty to who we are and who we want to be and antithetical to, to the good things in the world, oftentimes antithetical to their own principles. And people have lost faith in those institutions that are meant to be speaking with the voice of God. And they've lost the metaphors, they've lost the plot. And that doesn't mean that we've turned away from divinity, that we've turned away from spirituality. I think people have turned almost more towards spirituality, just of a different kind. Something that is not tied to the hegemonic control of men. And when I was trying to explain why tarot is fascinating to me, to somebody who's I work with that's a perpetual skeptic, I fall back on the supernatural aspects of the tarot deck are irrelevant to the conversation that we're having right now. It is a useful tool for distilling information and guiding thought and action because at the end of the day, to me at least, divinity is perpetually coded in metaphor. It is an organizing principle that helps show us what is right when we are unsure and give us comfort, even in some small measure, when this impossible world is so fucking hard. And that's honestly part of why this game is... On the one hand, it's appealing to me, and on the other hand, it's the more I think about it, the, the more it's kind of revolting. I have a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. Gliza, you've got... A almost three-month-old. Almost three-month-old baby. Mm-hmm. This is a game in which two people come together to create a new god. And I mm-hmm. think that that's beautiful. And that is inseparable from my deeply complicated feelings about parenthood. I was not ready to become a parent when I said yes to becoming one. And I am still dogged by the fear that in the process of raising somebody who is wonderful and good, which my my kid is, that in creating something that is good in perpetuity, in order to live up to that expectation, the only way that I can give her everything that she needs is to die for it. Lose yourself. Yeah, to lose myself. In a dark moment, I had the thought that those first six months felt like slowly dying. And it was only once she was a little bit more independent, she was in daycare, and I was able to get out of the house that I felt like I was coming back to myself. It's taken two years to get to a point where I'm I'm, I'm comfortable being a parent. And that I have some hope that maybe, just maybe, I can... Because here's the fucking thing. Children need parents. They need them so fucking badly do not enter into this lightly it's everything and you need to be there from for them from day one and 
the more people that you can have to be there to parent for them, because you can't do it all, you're going to fail. You have limits, you're human. You can only ever give so much. And everything is not enough, because when you give everything, you have nothing left to give. And you are gone and they are alone. So, I'm rejecting the premise of the game that's here. I am excarting the authorial voice of Jian Shim, who wrote this game. She's not around to stop me. She can't argue this point. You know, death of the author in the proper sense. All I've got is funny shapes made out of ink on a dead piece of tree. We can do whatever we want. This is, this is what it comes down to at the end of the day. We are a collaborative storytelling collective building a world one game at a time. And every single word of that's important and we use games to create structures and hey, you know what? Sometimes the rules ain't it. Sometimes we do it wrong. Kingdom, we played 70% right. And in this case, for this story, we are going to be heavily adapting this part of the game. We're going to be sticking to, we are going to be honoring, I should say, the roles that we've made, both Hydrangea and Fury have accepted their boons and they are beautiful things. And I don't want to see them go away. We also do not have the scores to betray the trust of the temples. Fury is at five impious. I am at eight. And you have the option to deny your fate if your score exceeds eight for impious. I do not exceed it. I'm at it. So when we get back in, wet from the summer rain and smelling of fruit and wildflowers, we will adapt. Absolutely. Hydrangea starts trying to start a fire in the hearth. Is that something that you can... Can you... I only stop fires. You only stop fires? Okay. I think it's funny that Dre would look at Fury and be like, do you think you can start a fire? And Fury is like, unfortunately... From a land of fire starters, I am the one that stops it. I am in charge of stopping the fires. And I think it's a hilarious moment, and I hope... In my head, that's what it is. It's funny to me. And yeah, that is what right. happened. <laughs> Hydrangea smiles. Hydrangea thinks that you're fucking hilarious. This is perfect. You're everything that I never knew that I wanted. And they've set hearth fires before. It's easy. It only takes a couple of minutes. Hey, if you need it to be stopped, I'm your girl. Useful. Useful around the house. We've lost a good number of roofs to, to people who didn't quite know how to bake their bread. Well, I'm glad. So you know what is meant to come next, right? It was explained thoroughly to me. Yeah. Well, and Hydrangea reaches, uh, it's actually tucked away behind the firewood. 
and pulls out a scroll and rolls it out on the table. It's a big and wide scroll. The name at the top is written in a language that neither of us can read, but it's a family tree that spreads out and the names start to become even marginally recognizable. There's one that is the same name as a town that's nearby. You've heard some people refer to uh, rivers and, and landmarks. And the further down you get, the more crowded it gets, you start seeing the names of things that you've seen. There's one that's listed as Apple. And then underneath there's several different names that you recognize as varieties of Apple. There's the specific one that makes the cider that you like to drink. And there's a line that connects it with cloves. And that's just part of this massive scroll. And Hydrangea looks at you and says, I, I, I found this while I was cleaning out while I was cleaning out the storeroom. It's a genealogy of the gods. The gods that were. Whose gods? Your god? Our gods? Hydrangea points to one spot where Timothy is circled and then points to another spot way, way far away from Timothy on the tree. And you see the name Agi. Agi. And that's and you see the name Agi. Our gods. All of them. Here's the thing. <laughs> see, here's the fucking thing. And they go back over to, to the spot where Timothy is, and you see that there's descendants underneath Timothy. There's kind of like a first cutting, a second cutting, one for like what the hay is called when it's fresh and one when it's baled. The one for baled hay has three different children, one for round bales, one for square bales, and one for haystacks. These are the children of my god. These are Timothy's kids, and Timothy is still with us. What are you trying to say? I think somebody lied to us. About not exist. I'm very confused. Somebody lied. Somebody lied about the ritual. Somebody, somebody, the story about how gods are made. It's wrong. It can't, if... The existence of a new god requires two fucking mortals to sacrifice themselves utterly to, to, to cease to be. If they are really twice as great as us, then, then, I don't know. They had kids. They had kids. The gods had, the gods had kids. And those kids did not demand their erasure. Timothy's got four kids and grandchildren and he is still living he reaches out and hugs you we don't have to go I don't want to go I don't I don't know I don't know what else we can do we can try we can make something we can plant seeds and we can make them grow. Look at this place. Look at what 
We have done. We have the power already. Maybe we've always had the power. Fuck it. We have always had the power. I know this. This has to be true. The old gods, do you know why they died? Because we stopped thinking about them. That is a powerful thing. We are powerful. We make the gods. The gods do not... Maybe the gods make us. We make each other. The gods make us. We make the gods. Yuri reaches out and places her hand on yours. I'm not smart enough to come up with anything, but I trust you. Okay. Do you know more than I do? And maybe you're right. I'm not ready to go. And maybe there is another way. There has to be, right? There has to be. You don't have to do this. The land is dying. And if there's not another way to bring it back, maybe it's just better off dead. And you said it. You can't start fires. But you can manage them. Guide them. Stop them. Take the raw brutality of supernatural force and keep it within its rightful place. Death can create the space for new life. You know this. You've seen it. Hell, I've read the very few scripts and texts of yours that I've been able to get my hands on. That's that's the whole thing, right? You don't even clean it out. You're just removing things that are already dead. Things that are extraneous, what's not good. And the little things that live on the ground, the things that live under the ground, the things that live in the trees, they're kept safe. I admire fire. I saw the last burnings from the temple every year. I was never allowed to go. Nothing ever seemed more alive to me because death cannot defeat death, but life can create life. We're in the sacred place and we are alive. Then let's go. Okay. I just met you. So, I don't think I'm ready to lose you. If there's any way, then yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I think you're about to be stuck with me for an exceedingly long time. I think so too. I have been told of the punishments, and you know what? They're not so bad. And I think Hydrangea sort of leads you over to the bed as you're saying that and says punishments are still punishments and we've got some time left in this green hour of ours. So let's make sure that our pains are worth it. And I think as we pull away to the fireplace, the last thing that we see is Hydrangea kind of sinking down to their knees as they start working to get your pants off. And... Yuri turns off the light. Yeah, that's where we're going to have to cut that one there. 
and I think it's still worth saying we can play the rest of the game. We just have to make some adaptations and adjustments. I think we decided that we chose to be humans. We chose our impiousness mm -hmm. and we just decided to fuck it, let the world go to hell. I... Sort of. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm... I think we still come out of here with a new god. A different sort of god? What is yielded from our mm -hmm. union is not a being that comes forth fully fledged, something that is perfect and, and divine in its own right. I think what we create is a baby. Mm-hmm. It is the beginning of divinity creeping back into the land in a metaphysical way. But it's divinity that isn't handed down to us. It is divinity that we must foster. It's incomplete because it didn't take anything from us. Sort of. It didn't take everything from us. Right. It didn't cause us to disappear. Absolutely. We have to raise... We have to raise a new god. We become the first parents of a new god. Nice. Well, I think we can answer the autumn. What parts of our humanity died? Nothing. Because we didn't let it die. I think that's why he... That's why this new god needs us. Mm -hmm. The parts of our humanity that died are the old assumptions. The old rules the thing that we were given that we were just kind of following because we thought that that was the way. That's what died. This is a scary thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then, Winter, what parts of your humanity do you carry into your new existence? What's the most important lesson that you try to teach our kid? This new god? The new god. That I think it's okay to be yourself that you are who you are for and it's okay mm -hmm. I think that's what I want to leave this new god that he doesn't have to survive on people's worship that he can survive on his own and give it, it's not selfishness but it's okay for him to be him mm -hmm. no matter what that's what I want to give. I try to teach the new god about taking pleasure in life, enjoying things, enjoying good bread. It's the same bread that you've had before, but it's good bread. Enjoy new things that you find. Enjoy the people around you. Enjoy your responsibilities. Take pleasure in leading life. And if anybody tries to take that away from you, or if that pleasure is causing pain or taking something away, damaging things that you don't want to be lost, it's not the fault of the pleasure that you're taking of the good thing, but it is worth building the conditions to have the good things in life. What does the new god's body look like and what can it do? It is a baby bot. It's a baby it's body. It's, baby it's body. a baby god. 
and it cannot do a lot of things. Boy, sure fucking can. <laughs> it can do what it can do really well, but right. it's still a baby. Mm -hmm. So, unfortunately, it's going to take a little bit of a time to learn what it can and can't do. Mm -hmm. But when it cries, it rains. And when it laughs, wildflowers grow. Yeah. Excellent. I love that. What parts of the land do you reign over? And how does it celebrate your rebirth? I think it takes a while mm -hmm. before our families and our people accept what we've done. Right. And maybe there's a situation where for a little bit there, we were in exile. Mm -hmm. And I would like to think that the people that wanted to learn more about the different gods and not just learning about Timothy and Old Thatch mm -hmm. and the people who realize that there's more to life than constantly chasing a new high or chasing a new thing. Mm -hmm. I think they find this little patch in the middle both of this lands and start there yeah they find the scroll that has the the genealogy of the gods <laughs> and they're like oh hey wait a fucking minute there was a i think this is yeah. this is that this is the wildflower this is that one right there where's this god gone yeah and maybe one of them feels that presence of like wait something's waking up and I don't think the new god doesn't necessarily reign over that place the bower is simply the bower it is the place of the gods I think he doesn't rule no not our kid no nah. still growing mm -hmm. still learning he's a baby god <laughs> a baby god He's a new baby god. I'm not interested in rolling for this next part to see if we get another boon. So we're going to skip that line. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to go straight to ending the game. Yes. So we returned to the land with a god. We didn't return. Yeah, we re we didn't return. We gave a god. Yes. But the god isn't ready. No. The god is new. Right. And we spend some time... We spend some time in exile. And I think that that's, that speaks to this second. If you denied your stewardship, describes the, yeah. describe the disasters that befell the land in your wake. Because we don't have a god that can immediately renew the land. There's a lot of problems that have happened. Yeah. The things that they were trying to prevent started happening. Food got tight. I think because we are together now, and there is now this church relationship between Augie and the Temple of Timothy, it's like, hey, because we are falling behind on our grain, on our hay quotas, we need you to start smuggling food in for us. 
our shipments have been decreased in accordance with what we're putting out, and we cannot sustain that. And so the fire starters are like, I mean, we go places. Yeah, we we can definitely get you what you need as we go places. This is dangerous. I think there's like, because now the temples technically are also parents here. Mm hmm. With this little new god, mm -hmm. with us being technically the priests, you know, of the of this new god, whatever parents. Yeah. Uh, but technically, that's what they call us the 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 priests of this new god. They are protective of this new god. They might not not like what we've done, but this baby is adorable as fuck. Oh hell yeah. This baby god is adorable as fuck, and they're like, you know what? It's adorable. It's a god. It's our god now. It's mm -hmm. it's definitely what we want now. You know, like how some grandparents would suddenly be like, see a child and like every forgiven. Yes. That is what happened. They yeah. eventually forgave us because this baby god is adorable. Uh huh. Yes. Which I imagine that we capitalize on, like. Absolutely. Hydrangea, once, once, like, after the, the very early stages of, of caring for an infant, Hydrangea's in, in the shit. Hydrangea is uh, going with the folks from the Temple of Agi to, to go find food wherever we need yeah. it. If there are threats made against farmers, Hydrangea's the one who is out there organizing mm -hmm. people in order to well, shit, we need to rebalance where we say these things are coming from in order to make sure that everybody is getting at least the bare minimum and to cover for stuff. And so it's a lot of running on that part. And it just, it gets bad, it gets tight, the Empire cracks down. There are questions asked as to why the yields have decreased. Hydrangea tries to make the case for like, hey, the land's depleted hey, maybe if we started collaborating with the next county over and they started growing some hay for a little while and we started growing stuff and is just dismissed outright. Like, no, you guys grow hay, they grow oats. Yeah. Folks down the road, they grow peanuts. You can't, You. this doesn't change. This is, that was, the, the paperwork would be monstrous. Right. And nobody likes paperwork. And so slowly things just kind of start to get worse as we're raising this baby. But then, you know, we also did return with a god. Describe the processional yeah. that sprang from the land as you returned to the temple. I don't think we're the last people to visit the bower. Huh. Right? Like within a few years, the word's gotten around. Do we stay in the bower? No. Maybe. I don't... I think we stay. You think we stay? And I think we stay. And then people wait. They wait. Mm -hmm. And they wait. And something, like, they look at the bower and, like, stuff happened. There's some weird shit. Like, it's raining randomly and yeah. wildflowers are growing. Like... There's a god there. They can feel it. But it hasn't really come back to the temples. Mm -hmm. 
like it hasn't made itself known. So people came to the bower to see what happened. Mm-hmm. And they meet this baby god. Do we only have the one? I don't know. I think definitely the first god is the first child is a god. Mm-hmm. We may have had other children, but I don't think that they were divine. And that's okay, I think. Because I think having siblings that are human reminds this deity what it's like to be human. I don't think we know that at the time. Yeah. I think we... I think it's something for the future. Yeah, eventually our first child picks a domain of sorts and starts manifesting those powers and the other kids don't. They just lead lives. I would hope that as parents we're understanding and... Oh, for sure. I imagine that we we do an imperfect job of this being the sibling to to the first of the new gods is Mm -hmm. kind of intimidating. Of course. I think it's just funny. Yeah. That, you know, yeah, my brother is just the god, you know. I think we find other bowers. Oh. Like other people create their own bower. And occasionally there will just be random. And it's like once every couple of years. And I think we see that over time. That's that's the processional that springs up from the land is mm-hmm. more opportunities for people to begin raising. To create. To create. Yeah. I am heavily editing this line. 100 years have passed. Our child is the first of the new gods. Yeah. What are their duties? What are their chores? What does it feel like to live as the first first of your kind? I think one of the things that I really liked about one of my favorite shows, where there is a good presence and a bad presence, and they're both trying to influence this very powerful child in one way or the other. Mm Mm-hmm. But they got the wrong child. And instead, this powerful child went to two human parents. So this ultra-powerful child was influenced by Mm -hmm. two perfectly imperfect human beings. Mm -hmm. And I think being the first of that kind, being the first god that has human parents, that didn't become, that weren't from gods, I think vastly changed what kind of god it it is. Mm -hmm. I believe they're kinder, more Mm -hmm. forgiving of imperfections of the people that worship them. And they spend more of their time walking this kingdom instead of high up in the clouds and throwing thunderbolts. Mm -hmm. And I think... I think that's I think that's better. Yeah. I think that's a good god. And we are proud of him. Absolutely. Do we wanna name this first 
first of the new gods? Yeah, let's go ahead and name the first of the new gods. It's a mixture of you as Dre and me as Fury with the powers of stopping fire. Does Dre have any magical? No, no, they just have curiosity. I see. There's the, the really cutesy version of this where we name them, like, Angus to just kind of slam our kids' name, names together. <laughs> Angus. That's, that's that's really funny. Uh, also, just, like, the first of the gods is named Angus. You know what? I am not against that. We could just name our first god of this kind Angus. Andus? Yeah. Let, let's do Andus. Andus is fine, too. Andus. Yeah. Andis. Yeah. Andis. Okay. The first of the new gods. Curious. And restrained is maybe the wrong word. What's the most positive version of what Fury did? Let's see. I'm going to go pull up uh, synonyms for control. The Curious Warden. Containment, Dominion, Guidance. Because that is what you do when you control fire. When you try to stop, mm -hmm. you guide it. So guidance mm -hmm. is a good thing. The guide of the curious. Yeah, because you can't always be curious, I guess. Well, curiosity, you know, famously killed the cat. And like exactly. a wilderness guide, somebody out there, is there to let you experience the world while keeping you safe. Exactly. So, Guide of the Curious. I like it. And that, friends and neighbors, is the story of the birth of Andis, the first of the new gods, the Guide of the Curious. Thank you for listening to GameWoven. Please give us a follow on Twitter at GameWoven, join the Discord, support the Patreon, and consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform. This week's episode featured... Zadkiel Vasky Huff at Zadkiel in Green, that's Z-A-D-K-I-E-L in Green on Twitter and Blue Sky, and Gliza at Classical Gliza on Twitter, as well as most other social media platforms. <laughs>